welcome to Unwind Financial, where we talk about all things health and wealth to educate, educate inspire, and, and liberate. My name is John Savage. My name is Leah Savage. And today we're going to talk to you briefly about the ABCs of credit. So a lot of us know about credit and we've probably heard about credit worthiness, um, basically your ability to be able to pay money back. And so the greater your credit worthiness, based on your credit profile, typically the higher your credit score is, the more a lender is willing to loan you more money and give you a greater line of credit, basically. So, and basically it's a contractual agreement to issue you so much amount of money with the agreement that you're going to pay that money back with certain terms every month. Many Yes, in many cases, there'll be interest added. If it's an introductory card with, say, Chase, they're really good if you can get a Chase card, Discover card, or any other ones. You might have a zero interest rate for the first 12 months. In some cases, it could be the first 18 to 24 months. But whatever it is, there's always going to be a term where there's going to be interest paid back at some point, along with some other fees. So with that said, let's get into the basics of credit. So with credit you have five key areas and it makes up 100% of your credit profile. Now there's different data points that are hundreds of different data points um, based on algorithms that each credit bureau uses. There's actually a lot of different credit agencies, if you will, out there, including monitoring how many times you do a return at a Walmart. People don't know that. So there might be a reason you're like, why didn't they accept my return? Well, if someone frequently returns items too much, um, even at a particular location, they might feel like you're stealing it or something else fraudulent is going on. So if there's questionable activity that's much higher than normal, they could say, I'm sorry, we, we're no longer able to accept these returns. They might not tell you what they're seeing in the system. So that's one thing. There's many systems out there. But the, the three big ones that we're usually concerned about, whether you're doing an auto loan, a home loan, personal loan, school loan, any of those you think about, you're going to hear from Experian. TransUnion and Equifax. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So each of them have their own proprietary systems and algorithms and how they track those data points. And that's why you notice when you look at your credit reports, the scores are always a little off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're off by 30, 40, 50 points. And Experian is one I, I seem to notice a lot in my conversations with most people that seem to really kind of be on more of the... Um, what would you say, lower sweetie? End. Yeah, lower <laughs> end or... Um, Unfavorable. Yeah, good word. <laughs> so, or almost more penal, if you will, unforgiving. Yeah. So, um, and also, too, your credit and how it's utilized and how it's determined and even what credit bureaus are pulled from from certain types of credit pools is determined by state even as well. Mm -hmm. So there is something else. We'll talk more about that in the future. I had found a list recently and I want to find that list again and definitely uh, share more of that information with you guys in the future. But so you have your out of 100% of your credit score, 35% of it is your payment history. That is key for most of us. 35% out of 100 is a lot. Then you have 30%. That 30% is your yeah, credit utilization ratio. Mm -hmm. 
those two right there make up 65% of your credit score and where most people are dinged in those two areas. Some people may have gotten sick, been in a hospital, missed a payment, late payment. Uh, occasionally there's an error with information being reported to the credit bureau or payments being processed. And those are things we talk about how you can fix that. But all that being said, those are the key areas that affect most people. And then you have 15% of your credit score is your credit history. So how long you've had lines of credit. Then you have 10% is your credit mix. These people who run the credit systems, they like to see a mix of credit, how you manage real estate, land, houses, whatever that might look like, commercial or personal. Um, then they look at um, car loans, okay? Look at personal loans, school loans. So all of those are different data points and how they're viewed and making up that sum of that 10% of that credit mix. And then lastly, we have the other 10%, which is new credit. How often are you borrowing money? How often are you maybe getting a new car? Um, how often are you um, getting new credit cards? So all of that's new credit. So they want to see what that looks like as well. Um, with that said, those are the key areas of credit. So again, I'll go back over it. Your payment history is 35%. Your credit utilization ratio is 30%. The 15% is your credit history. 10% mm -hmm. is your credit mix. And lastly, the other 10% is the amount of new credit you have. So all of those make up the sum of 100%. And I want to say something. Many times people feel like, man, I have to use my credit card every month. Or I've got to put so much on there, the more I put on there, you know, and show all this activity, the better for my credit score. That's actually not true. Um, you, I'd rather you have, it's better to have less activity on a credit card and be consistent with paying it off and how you use it and manage it mm -hmm. than to just put a lot on there because you feel like you have to, mm -hmm. you have to, you don't. There, because the more you put on there, because sometimes people are looking at, man, my credit score, it fluctuates so much. And then I ask, so are you using it every month? Yeah. What do you use it for? I'm using it for everything. A lot of people say they're using it for their bills. They're using it to eat out. They're using it to pay bills. Mm -hmm. They're using it for car pay, car payments and different things. And sometimes too, what happens that actually gets into some habits that can be kind of bad because you become dependent on this mm -hmm. piece of plastic. Yeah. And instead of using cash or using your debit card direct from your account, you're using credit. And so what happens is it also causes you in many cases to overspend. Yeah. And why do I say that? Oh, well, it's, it's, I'll put on a credit card, you know, it's, it's $50 more, but this is a great deal. And this is amazing false computer. Reality. You know what? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sweetie. False reality. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little more about that? Well, it's like, because you don't see it mm -hmm. and you can just use that card. You think that you have it, but in reality, you don't really have it because mm -hmm. you've got to pay it back with interest most of the time so Good. it's not really in your hands or in your bank account mm -hmm. so that's good so basically it's almost like with a house people say oh i own my house and i say do you have the title to it and i've asked this question when i used to do case management for insurance and they say no well then you don't own the house miss three payments in a row and see what happens mm -hmm. that very house can be taken from you you still have to pay the loan back while they also turn around and sell it to someone else and they're making money on two ends. 
So it's just like putting the lien on it, basically your credit until you pay that back. You miss a payment, you miss multiple payments, they can shut the card down. So it's not your money, you're using someone else's money. Mm -hmm. But when you use credit responsibly and you understand the basics even of credit, you can actually use it to leverage for your benefit. So when you're starting out with credit, some of us may get these great credit cards with a $20,000, $30,000 credit limit. And they do look at your credit history, of course. They also look at your job even. Yes, they do look at your job function because they're in their underwriting process. Again, there's things we do not see, but part of the underwriting process, they get to look and see the type of job you do. They know what state you're in. There's many factors they can determine as far as income and all those things and the income you're making and all those data points that they use on the back end to determine how much of a line of credit they're going to issue you. So that's why they ask you about what type of job do you do? There's things of that nature. Um, do you have something to say, sweetie? No, I just kind of wanted to come from a different angle mm-hmm. that even though it's called credit worthiness, mm-hmm. your worth is not determined by your credit. Amen. Your credit score, your credit, any of those factors, your worth is so much more and so much beyond that. But I just wanted to throw that in there because I think it's really important. It is. And she brings up a good point. We'll, we'll um, talk about just real briefly here. And so the credit worthiness, there's different words that are used. You got to understand in business, there's a lot of terms that have been used um, psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. Again, as you know, there's psychologists and we'll talk more about this. There's some things we went through in our trauma money training and we highlighted these areas and watching yeah. videos and That's discussing good. that as far as the psychologists behind a lot of what you see today in business and how credit cards are marketed to you, Mm -hmm. food, and all these things, and even using credit. This country has been built off of debt, not off of being in the positive and everybody having something to work with, but off of debt, a Mm -hmm. deficit, a deficit instead of abundance. So that's what we're doing. We're coming from a different angle of how to understand these things in the system, but so you can have a better understanding how to apply it to your life to build something that's fruitful, abundant, where you have assets instead of liabilities. Even though some liabilities can be healthy, and that's what we talk about with credit, using it to your advantage, leveraging it, but doing it responsibly. So one of the other things I want to mention too, if your credit utilization ratio, I suggest keeping it below 10% if you're going to be using it every month. You might do a little more depending on you got to, what's going to be a factor is your income as well. You got to know how much you can handle. You got to know if you have the money, if there's an emergency to come up, to pull it out of an account without taking away from your emergency living if you needed to, those adverse situations like with the pandemic this past year, um, but where you can pay that debt off immediately. Yeah. So keeping your utilization score does a couple of things really low, below 10%. One, you have a low monthly payment. It keeps your overhead expenses low. Two, if there was an emergency that comes up, guess what? You now don't have to be concerned about paying a large bill because you had to make an adjustment with your finances for that month because of unforeseen circumstances. So it's it's a risk mitigation factor built into your spending habits and how you manage and utilize the credit cards. And also with the credit cards, having a purpose for how you use them and why you're using them. So those are just some of the things we want to talk about a little bit when it comes to the ABCs of credit. We'll be talking more about those areas in the future. Here is going to be a lot of fun and just to educate, to inspire, and to liberate. Until next time, unwind.
Thank you and God bless.